Okay, good morning, everybody. Nice to see you all. Wow, what a great morning so far. It's been really, really powerful. Um, just felt like the Holy Spirit was depositing something as we were worshiping this morning. So I just pray for fresh fire uh, for us. Guys, honestly, there, as Pastor Chris said, from the beginning of this year, uh, God has been knitting something together. He's been establishing this tapestry. We may not see the full picture yet, but there is definitely something that God is doing. There's a thread that is running through the messages. There's something that's running through uh, the connect groups. There's something that's running through cafe. All of, all of the, um, the, the, the places that we get to connect as a body, God is speaking a very specific message. And I believe that uh, last week, Pastor Chris gave us um, a really good overview and, and, and a word of revelation that I want to build on this morning. So um, if we could have that uh, recap slide, I'm just going to very briefly show you the recap slide from last week. Um, and uh, if you can put all five points up, please, I'm not going to go for, uh, you know, sort of one by one, um, just so that we can make sure if you haven't heard Pastor Chris's message from last week, please get onto the new YouTube channel uh, and, and have a listen to, to that message. Uh, I really believe that what Pastor Chris shared last week was an important um, launch pad, so to speak, for, for what God is, is saying to us for the season ahead. And very much what Pastor Chris's take-home message is that the kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is within us. The kingdom of God is not out there somewhere, and it's not this nebulous thing. It's not this unknowable thing. It's not this, um, this concept. The kingdom of God is within us. And Pastor Chris listed these five things, and I'm not going to even try and do justice uh, to what he shared last week, so please go ahead and listen to it again. Um, but he brought these five points, basically that he was speaking from Luke chapter 17, and uh, he, he showed us that, you know, in the kingdom of God, we as believers, those who have said yes to Jesus, those who have received him as our Lord, as our Savior, who are walking with the Holy Spirit fire, he has, he has given us these five things. Number one, rule and reign. He's given us a mandate. He's given us a rule and a reign that we have to establish the kingdom of God on the earth, right? He's given us the Holy Spirit in power. Amen? Who of you want more of the Holy Spirit's power? I sure do, yeah? I want to be one who walks in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because without the power of the Holy Spirit... I am dry, tr I'm dry, I'm trying to do things in my own strength, and I am going to fail, because what God has called us as the body to is so beyond anything that I can do on my own. I need the Holy Spirit's power. He's given us the promise of indestructible eternity, a call to eternity, that, that the kingdom of God is not just now, it is the kingdom coming as well. It is the kingdom that will be forever. It is the kingdom that is being established now forever. He's given us authority, and 
I'm not going to go into Pastor Chris's teaching from Bible school on the difference between power and authority. Needless to say, there is a difference between power and authority, and God has given us both. He's given us authority in Jesus, and he's given us power by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Chris reminded us that all authority has been given to Jesus. All authority has been given to Jesus. And we walk with him. And then the final thing is the ministry of restoration. Pastor Chris reminded us that Jesus' ministry was the ministry of reconciliation, restoration, and we have a call to restore that which has been lost. And so these five things are just five points that Pastor Chris raised from last week to say, guys, this is the kingdom of God that is within you. These things we establish because the kingdom is in you. And so it got me thinking, that's amazing. Where do I start? Where do I start? Where, where can I Where can I step into this kingdom? Where can I realize? Where can I find this kingdom in me? Where is the start? And, you know, Jesus Jesus spoke a message, and John spoke a message. John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. And John spoke this message, and he said, Repent, for the kingdom of God the kingdom of heaven is near, right? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. That's Matthew chapter 3, verse 2. I think we've got a slide for that. And it got me thinking, the kingdom comes when I repent, That's the start, that's the doorway, that's the entrance to the kingdom. When I repent, that was John the Baptist. So John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, he was, what, six months older than Jesus? Is that right? All you theologians out there, he was about six months older than Jesus. They'd grown up together, they knew each other as as, as young kids, They'd, they'd grown up together, and then God gave John the Baptist a message that would bring in the kingdom of God, that would bring in the kingdom of heaven, that would welcome Jesus as the king. And so John is in the wilderness, and he's preaching this message, and people are flocking to him to hear this message. And they hear this message, repent of your sins and turn to God for the kingdom of of heaven is near. And so it got me thinking a little bit more. What is this thing that John is encouraging us to do? What was he saying? Repent. What on earth does that mean? What does repent mean? Oh, I know what repent means. It says to say, say, say I'm sorry. It, it says to, to ask in, in sort of a, a contrite way to be, be on my knees and beg for forgiveness. That's what, that's what repent means. And then the Holy Spirit said, really? What, where on earth are you getting that, Stuart? Because that's not in my word. 
I'm like, but, but, but it is. But it is. And he said, no, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. Who was John speaking to? Well, John was out in the wilderness, and the people who were flocking to him were Jews, right? They were the Jewish people. And the Jewish people had been sort of wandering aimlessly for years, decades, centuries, about 400 years, the people of Israel had been without a home. They'd been a people without a land, without a home. They had been a displaced people. But they held on to a promise that had been sown into them since the time of Abraham that God was going to call them his own people and give them a home and cause them to be prosperous, cause them to be successful. And yet for 400 years, they'd been living in squalor. They'd been living without a direction. This entire nation. And this, this one man suddenly begins to preach this message in the wilderness. Repent from your sin. Turn away. Turn to God. And the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is near. So I thought, well, what does that mean? Is John telling them to, to say they're sorry and, and to, to follow God? Like, surely that's what repent means. But actually, it, it's not. Because what John was saying was not ask for forgiveness. He was saying turn away from your sin and turn to God. And then, you know, he preaches his message, then he gets thrown in prison, and then Jesus comes along, and guess what? Jesus preaches that exact same message. In fact, the Bible in Matthew, um, so uh, Matthew chapter, where are we? I've lost my place. Thank you. 417. So John the Baptist in, in Matthew chapter 3 verse 2 is preaching this, this message, repent of your sin and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. And then Jesus says the exact same thing. Exact same thing. He says, repent of your sin and turn to God for the kingdom of heaven is near. So now I'm thinking, I really need to understand this because if repentance is the gateway, if repentance is the door, if the repentance is the start of the kingdom within me, then I need to understand what repent means. And so I began to dig. And for those of you who know me, you will know that I, I, I kind of like my Greek and so I went to my concordance, and I looked in, in the concordance. The concordance is a, is a, a type of book that helps under, uh, explain the Bible from its original language. Remember, the, the New Testament was actually written in Greek. And in the Greek, the word for repent is the word metaneo. 
metaneo. And it's made up of two parts, meta, neo. Meta means to turn. Neo or neo is the mind. Meta means to turn. It also means to change. Neo means the mind. So metaneo, which translates repent, actually means to change your mind. So when John the Baptist was preaching, repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And when Jesus preached the message, repent of your sin and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near, what they were both saying is have a change of mind about your sin about your sinful lifestyle, about your sinful choices, about the things that are not of my kingdom. Change your mind, repent, metaneo. Now this, guys, got me really excited. This blew my mind. Because all of a sudden, I'm not looking at the kingdom of God as something that I can understand in my current way of thinking. Because Jesus and John the Baptist are saying, if you want to understand the kingdom of God, you have to change your thinking. When John the Baptist was preaching to the Jews, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, what he was saying to them was, guys, you're not, you're not thinking straight. You're looking in the wrong place. You're misunderstanding what the kingdom of heaven looks like. You're misunderstanding the promise to your ancestors. The Jewish people were expecting the kingdom to look like every other kingdom on the face of the earth. They were expecting to have a king who lived in a palace, who ruled with servants, they were expecting a king who had an army who rode on a horse. They were expecting a chariot, and they were expecting a, a, a leader. They were expecting somebody who, who, would, who would set them free from their captivity, who would uh, rule and reign over them. They were expecting a physical kingdom. And John and Jesus are both saying, guys, You've got your thinking wrong. Change your mind. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven doesn't look like that. The kingdom of heaven is within you. The kingdom of heaven looks like you going to work. It looks like you in the fields tilling the soil. It looks like you going to the shops and buying half a pint of milk. But it looks like you doing all of those things in the power of the Holy Spirit. 
with authority in Jesus, with an indestructible eternity, with the ministry of restoration flowing out of you by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what the kingdom looks like. And guys, it got me so excited to just think, actually, repentance is such a more powerful concept than just saying, I'm sorry. Now, don't get me wrong, because when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said this, ask the Father to forgive you for your sin. So there is a place to confess your sins before God, because the Bible actually says, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful to forgive us. So there is a place for confession, but confession is not repentance. Because I can confess something and continue living in the same lifestyle. And I can confess it again, and I 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 continue walking in this direction into hell. Because I'm not repenting. Because repenting says, change your mind. Turn around. Thank you, Pastor Chris. Turn around because you are heading in the wrong direction. You are heading into oblivion rather than an indestructible eternity. Guys, this should be exciting. You should feel a fire in your pants. This is exciting stuff, guys. Because repentance is simply saying, yes, Lord. I choose your way of thinking because my thinking stinks. But your thinking, your thoughts are above my thoughts, says Isaiah. Your ways are beyond my ways. I don't want to live my ways anymore. My ways have got me in a lot of trouble. But your ways bring me into eternity with Jesus. Your ways help me establish your rule and reign on this earth. Your ways bring authority for me to change the atmosphere. So friends, let me ask you this. Are you living in a situation at the moment where your thoughts are captive to depression or anxiety or fear or anger? That's the old way. Because none of those things are part of the kingdom of heaven. Because God is not a frightened God. God is not an angry God. God is not a depressed God. Those things are not part of the kingdom. So when Jesus says repent, what he's saying is have a different thought. Turn away from that thinking and put your trust in God. Do you want to see breakthrough in your life? Because repentance is where it starts, friends. Repentance is where it starts. That's where we say to God, God, I want your thoughts. Holy Spirit, I want your way of thinking. 
You know, Acts chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 says this, now repent of your sin, repent again, repent of your sins. You can see why a lot of people think that repent just means ask for forgiveness, because it's always linked to repent of your sins. And so often it's easy just to say, well, I say sorry for my sins. But actually, the Bible is saying it's not just saying you're sorry, it's actually having a different way of thinking about your sin so that you don't have those sinful thoughts. Who knows, it's a lot easier to live your life when you're not plagued by guilt of your sinful thoughts. It's a lot easier to think about God's ways. So Acts chapter 3, verse 19 to 20 says, repent of your sins and turn to God. I think that's the version I've got up there, right? Yes. Repent of your sin and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. <laughs> you see, when we repent, when we have a different thought about who God is, about who, what the kingdom is, when we have a different way of thinking about the kingdom, we ask for his presence to refresh us. Many of you will know that, I'm sure you, you've seen it in, in social media, you may have even seen it on mainstream media, in Asbury, Kentucky at the moment. There is something happening at a university campus in Asbury in Kentucky in the United States. They're calling it a revival. There is an outbreak of the Holy Spirit, a pouring out, a, a turning, a repenting of ways, where the Holy Spirit is doing something that is so powerful that people have not left this little chapel on this little campus for going on how many days is it now? Eight, ten days, ten days. Because there's just a sense of the refreshing of the Lord's presence. And it's, it's been interesting to me to see the response on social media to this revival. And seeing how people are tabooing it, saying it's not a real revival. I'm like, are you insane? How can this not be a real revival? Oh, well, it doesn't look like the revival of 1904 in Wales. It doesn't look like the Azusa Street revival. Where are the signs and wonders and miracles? Because that's revival. No, my friends, that is, is a sin, actually. If you think that revival has to be characterized by signs, wonders, and miracles, and we need to repent, we need to change our thinking, why? Because a revival is what God deems necessary for the generation, not what man thinks is necessary based on history. Amen? Thank you. I think that's good. I can't repeat that because I've just forgotten what I've said. 
glad we've got it on tape. But guys, it's so important that what is happening in Asbury is exactly what this generation needs. What this generation needs is to feel loved, to feel an identity that they know they are, they are understood, that they are welcomed into the kingdom, that they are accepted by God, that they are part of the beloveds in Christ. They need to understand that they are called people. They are called, they are anointed, that the presence of God is where life is. To walk in the presence of God. And that's what's happening. There is this hush over the chapel in Asbury. It's not characterized by whoops and loud noises and, and, and people running to the front to get healed. You come into the place, as I've heard on, on um, eyewitness accounts, and there is this hush, the sense of awe and wonder, the sense of the presence of the Lord. This, my friends, is a miracle. It's the miracle that this generation needs. It is a revival. And my friends, it's not stopping in Asbury. There are reports of the same move of God in a number of places now, not just in America, but across the globe. Why? Because God is doing something new. God is doing something new. The kingdom of heaven is near. Why? Because it's in you. And when you have a changed mind, when you repent and say, God, I am not going to keep myself locked into an old way of thinking. I am going to align my thoughts with your thoughts. He will move. And the kingdom of heaven will come. It's so good. It's so good. The heavens are are breaking forth with song because the heavens are saying, God is here. God is with you. It's so good, friends. So I'm going to just, I'm actually, I'm about to finish, Al, um, uh, Steph. Guys, I'm about to finish, and I just, I want to encourage you, I think differently, because I repent. I have a change of mind. I have a, I have a shift in the way that I focus, so that my, my thinking is not stuck in an old way. It's not stuck on a, on a sinful pattern. I'm not stuck in habitual sin because I'm saying, Holy Spirit, would you change my mind? Would you align my thoughts with the thoughts of the Creator God, the one who is full of majesty, grace, and justice, the one who is the bringer of social justice, the one who is the bringer 
of life in abundance. So he's saying, stewards, if you will repent, if you will change your mind, if you will shift with me, you will see the kingdom of heaven in your lifetime. I want to see a revival, friends. I want to see a revival here in Abergavenny. I want to see a revival that causes people to repent, to change their mind about how they think church should be run, how they think the kingdom will look, how they think God should act. You know, we sing this song, Um, it's all about you, Jesus. As if you should do things my way. As if you should do things my way. Jesus is never going to do things my way. <laughs> and I've come to have to accept that fact. And if you know me, you, you know that I like my way. <laughs> my wife can testify to this. But I have accepted the fact that in order to live a life that is pleasing to God, where I rule and reign with Him in the power of the Holy Spirit, with authority, back to my notes, Pastor Chris, because I'm going to forget something. With indestructible eternity and a ministry of restoration, Amen. that I need to think His way, not my way. I want His purposes, not my purposes. Church, will you stand with me, please? If you choose today to change your mind, to repent, you will see the kingdom of God in your life. It's a guarantee, my friends. It's a guarantee. If you shift your thinking to align with God's, you will see the kingdom of heaven. And a change of mind does not look like a flogging yourself and and this this prostrate begging of forgiveness a change of mind is a decision it's a choice in the cold hard light of day today I choose you Today, Jesus, I choose you as my king. I choose your thoughts above my thoughts. I choose your ways above my ways. Holy Spirit, empower me to live a life that is pleasing to you.
by your grace, I can do it. With my mind changed and fixed on you. So I want to encourage you and I want to invite you this morning. If that is something that you really, really want, if you want an, a life that is, that is aligned with Him, if you want the kingdom of God within you to break out, I invite you to repent. I invite you to repent. Change your mind. Meta neo. Change your mind. Turn your mind to God. So you can do business right there with God. As you stand in this hall this morning, you can ask God, I want this, God. Can you help me by your Spirit so that I can follow you all the days of my life to bring your kingdom? <laughs> that, that is the glorious thing. That is the glorious life. That is the, the full, abundant life. My daughter's name is Zoe. Zoe is a Greek word meaning abundant life. It's the word used in John chapter 10, verse 10, where it says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life and life in abundance. If you want an abundant life, this is where it starts, my friends, with a repentance, a turning away from sin, a turning away from a, a mind that is flawed <laughs> and choosing his thoughts, his way.